0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah 43 and I'm going to share with you some promises out of that wonderful book today and we'll be there momentarily. Uh, I just really thank the Lord for our worship team, don't you? They, they do such a great job. <laughs> Man, I want to make a statement and you... Uh, Don't respond until I get through, if that's all right. We are rejoicing over the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe versus Wade. We thank the Lord for answering this prayer that has been prayed for some time. And now we must continue to pray and continue to support life as the responsibility now moves to every state. I want you to look on the screen and you're going to see some various ministries that we at Bellevue support and also offer here at our church to help you get involved in future pro-life ministry. I'll give you just a second if you'd like to take a picture of those or if you've got a mind that can memorize all of that post haste. I think you'd be better off to take a picture, but uh, anyway... Do whatever you'd like. But I do want to encourage you to support these and other local crisis pregnancy centers, other ministries that care for women and for children. Bellevue has a foster care and adoption support system as well as training for that. A lot of people are not aware of this, but we've got hundreds of people that have been trained in foster care and adopting and you can be a part of supporting them. My own son has five children biologically, but he also has three foster children in his home. And there are times when they just need a break. And this support system is what I'm talking about to help people like that. And if you want to know more about that, you can go to bellevue.org dot orphan. Now, if you want to know just all of these, just text 901 901 to the word life, and you'll get all that information. And this support system is called RAP, W R A P. A RAP team is made up of 10 to 12 volunteers. It can be families who come together to wrap around foster parents to help them serve the children in foster care. They also agree to a predetermined period of time to serve the families through words of encouragement, respite care, acts of service, and, of course, prayer. Great way for individuals, life groups, any group for that matter, to serve these families. I hope that you will be involved, and you won't just sit now. I hope that you'll really get involved as we continue to support and advance pro-life ministries in Memphis and throughout America. Let's pray together. Father, we... have prayed for a long time that Roe versus Wade would be overturned. And we believe that you have done that. And we know that, Lord, there have been some 50 million babies that have been slaughtered in abortion. Now we pray that you would forgive us for that. And God, I pray that you would uh, help us now to reach out to women who are pregnant, out of wedlock, <clears throat> and they don't know what to do. I pray that we'll minister to them and to the baby. And Father, we just pray that you would be with our nation. We pray that your peace and your shalom would come over us. And Lord God, that you would just have your hand upon us. And Lord, I know that there are people in this room, I don't know them By name, but I'm certain, Lord, that there are people in this room who've had an abortion. And I pray, dear God, that as I'm sure they have turned to you and asked for forgiveness, that you would just give them your grace and your peace. And Lord God, that they would not be tormented in any way. That, Lord God, you would thank you that you are a very present help in time of need. And Lord, just be with them and deal with them in your mercy and your grace and your love. Now, Lord, open the Word of God to us today. Speak to our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. How many times have I started a sermon off like this? When I was a kid in Dyersburg. (laughs) Y'all know where I'm from, don't you? That's right, yeah. We always sang this hymn called Standing on the Promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the Promises of God. And I sang that hymn for years and I didn't have a clue what it was talking about. I sang it because when you're next to my dad and he's singing, you're going to be singing too. All right. But I didn't know what it meant growing up I did not read the Bible. I didn't start reading the Bible. I'm not saying I never even looked at it, but I mean, I just really reading it to get something out. I never did that until I came to the Lord in 1976 as a freshman in college. And when I fell in love with Jesus, I fell in love with my Bible. And when I fell in love with my Bible, I started reading these great verses, and it's just like they jumped off the page at me And so I said, you know, I I think that I may need to, like, remember some of these. And so in 1977, when my dear friend George Guthrie and I were witnessing on the streets of downtown Jackson, Tennessee, we found a little Christian bookstore that had a memory system in there for Scripture memory called the topical memory system by the Navigators. And so we bought that. And we started memorizing Scripture. And when we started memorizing Scripture, I started to pray those Scriptures back to God. And I've been doing it since 1977. And it changed my life. I started praying the promise back to the God who made the promise. Does that make sense? And I think it's the best thing you can do when you pray. When you pray the Word of God, you pray the will of God. And I'm going to give you three different promises out of Isaiah 43 that have actually been so precious to me for a long time. And uh, today we're going to look at Isaiah 43. We're not going to look at the whole chapter. I was going to do that. And man, just like the Lord said, park on these three promises and just focus on these. And so I want to give you Some good friends of mine, all right? These are pals of mine. These are buddies of mine. These are good, good friends to have if you're a Christian. And they give us promises from God. We're going to stand on the promises. Amen? Amen. Well, let's look at it. Precious promises. Number one, God will protect you. If we could put that on the, there you go. I left a lot out in the introduction, but we need to move on here. God will protect you. Look at verses one through three. But now, thus says the Lord, your Creator, O Jacob, and He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear. Say that with me. Do not fear. Why? For I have redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they won't overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Can I have an amen? Amen. Is that not a great promise? God promises to protect us. Now, in the day that he wrote this, The Jews in Judah didn't have any friends around them. Everybody around them hated them. The only friend they had was the Lord. You think sometimes you're the same way. You're at work, you know, and you think, man, this is the most godless place in the world, or you're in school. This is the most godless place in the world, and nobody loves Jesus but me. I got news for you. God's got more people than you realize, number one. But even if that was the case if you've got god with you you're in the majority all right the holy ghost majority and god protects his children the jews were also all always so isolated and that's why the jewish psalmist said in psalm 121 lord you're our only protection he said i will lift up my eyes to the mountains and he asked a rhetorical question and then he gives the answer he said from where shall my help come And he answers it, my help comes from the Lord. Let's say that together. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now guys, God's going to help you. God's going to protect you. Look at verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord your creator, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, the same God who was their creator and formed them, was the God that was going to protect them. They were not, by the way, the accidental product of billions of years of evolutionary random biological mutation. Aren't you glad that that's not how it happened? No, they were fearfully and wonderfully created by God. I'll tell you how you got here. Here it is. Hang on. In the beginning, God Created the heavens and the earth. And that's how the earth got here. God took nothing out of nothing and made something and hung it on nothing and told it to stay there. That's what God did. You didn't evolve. You were created. And the Bible says in Genesis 127, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I won't unpack that, but it speaks for itself. And God, their creator, promised to protect them. The Lord went on to say in verse 1, Don't fear, I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. The Lord's redemption takes away all fear. He had forgiven them. And he was now protecting them. And then he promised to protect them through difficulties. Verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. And we're always praying, Lord, don't let me... Go into the water. Don't let me go through a river. Don't let me go through the fire. And I'm not making fun. Because it's no fun. But he says through, through, through. Three times. You get saved. You are not going to avoid problems. But praise God, he will go through your problems with you. And you'll get out to the other side. I'll be with you when you pass through the waters. They won't flood you. The rivers won't flood you when you go through the rivers. And the fire won't scorch you. It won't burn you. I'll protect you in every trial. And why is that? Verse 3, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. If you don't make note of those three verses, I don't know what else to tell you. And you can pray those the rest of your life and say, God, I need you to protect me and my family. Oh, God, you're the one who leads through the fire, through the flood, through it all. Help me, Lord. In Camp Outrageous this last week, our children learned about Joseph. Joseph went through the fire, did he not? He was the favorite son of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. At the age of 17, Joseph had some amazing dreams, but when he shared that with his brothers, he was rewarded by being kidnapped and sold away as a slave to Egypt. When he got there, he started working for Potiphar, and he did such a good job. Potiphar put him in charge of everything in his household, but he was rewarded with that with a woman who tried to seduce him, Potiphar's wife. When he said no, she got mad, and she lied and said that he had tried to abuse her. He was thrown into prison, and when he got there, some other people shared dreams. He gave them the interpretation, and yet he continued on in prison, on and on and on. But finally, Pharaoh had a dream And the cupbearer said, I remember a guy when I was in prison that interpreted a dream for me. I'll, I'll guarantee you he can do the same for you. And they brought Joseph in, and all of a sudden he goes from being a lowly slave to the vice president of Egypt. His brothers come for food because there's a famine. Long story short, he messes with them a little bit, but then he forgives them. And he totally forgives them as R.T. Kendall would say. And here's why he did it. He did it because he knew the Lord had used him to protect all of Egypt, even his brothers who had sold him into slavery. He says in Genesis 45, now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves. These are the people, he's talking to the people that sold him as a slave, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. In other words, you didn't send me, God did. For the famine has been in the land for two years, and there are still five years in which there will neither be plowing nor harvesting. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. You know what? He got his mind right. He, he got his thinking right, and he got his life right. God said to him, I was the one behind all of this, and that's what happened. A lot of times we're in circumstances, we don't understand it, we don't like it, we don't like the way it feels, we don't like the way people are looking at us or something else, but God was saying, don't you worry about that. I am in control of your life. You trust me. You trust me. The Lord protects his children through every storm of life. It's a dangerous world out there and we can't protect ourselves. I don't care how many commercials say we've got the key to your security at your house. I got news for you. Somebody else has a way to get around that key. You say, well, this is blessing me so much, Pastor. I appreciate you saying that. What I'm saying is you can't just rely on yourself and your schemes. you got to rely on the Lord to protect you. You have to. You have to. I'll tell you what I do. I take this text and I pray it back to God. And Here's how I pray it. I hope it's on the screen. If it's not, just listen. Lord, you are my creator. You formed me I will not fear, for you've redeemed me. You've called me by my name. I am yours. When I pass through the waters, you'll be with me. When I pass through the rivers, they will not overflow me. When I walk through the fire, Lord, I will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn me, for you are the Lord my God, the Holy One of Israel, my Savior. You've got to start taking these promises and praying them back to God. You've got to do that. You have to do this if you're going to make it with a sound mind and ask God to protect your family. I'll give you some more verses and then we'll move on to the next promise. Here's some of my favorites. God gave me this when I thought my son had leukemia when he was two years old. God gave me this at four o'clock in the morning. I was just reading my Bible. Exodus 14, 13 and 14, do not fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Deuteronomy 31, 8, one of my favorite verses, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. To be dismayed means to be discouraged. And those are the two main ways that the devil attacks every Christian. Through fear and discouragement. God says don't give in to that stuff. Walk with me. Psalm 34 verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And rescues him. Psalm 91. Hey, just go read the whole thing, all right? But I'll give you the heart of it in verses 10 and 11. No evil will befall you. I pray this all the time. Nor will any plague come near your dwelling. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. No, that's the wrong one. He will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Now, I skipped down to the next one. Psalm 121, the whole things about protection, but I'll just give you the heart of it. That's what I jumped into here. Verses 7 and 8 say, the Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Put that on the screen one more time, verse 7. I'll, I'll show you how to pray it just real quick. Lord, protect me from all evil. Lord Jesus Christ, keep my soul. Go to verse 8. Lord, guard my going out. Guard my coming in from this time forth, from now on and forever. Now, that's, it's real simple to do. But, man, it's powerful. It is powerful. Oh, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you'll condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Second Thessalonians 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. How many of you want your children protected from the evil one? Anybody? Pray that verse. 2 Timothy 4, 18. Right before he died. Paul said, hey, God will protect you even though my head is about to be taken off. I've run my course. I've finished my race. I'm ready to go to the house. And he says, oh, by the way, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. And then he gets happy and can't stand it. has a doxology here. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. He's about to have his head cut off and he can't help but shouting to the Lord. Amen. In a jail. Now you can't tell me that God doesn't protect his people yes he does yes he does he parted the sea for Moses helped Joshua conquer Canaan helped David slay Goliath he got Shadrach Meshach and Abednego go through the fiery furnace he got Daniel out of the lion's den he sent an angel got Peter out of prison and he saved Paul and everybody on a ship from drowning I guess he can take care of you this week don't you? God has promised he will protect you. Number two, God will pilot you. He's going to guide you. He's going to pilot you. He's going to show you which way to go. Verses 18 and 19, <clears throat> amazing scriptures. Do not call to mind the former things. Well, if we could do that, we would shut down 90% of what people worry about right there. Don't call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Stop looking back. Oh, it's quiet in here now. Behold, I'll do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God promised he would guide and pilot his people through every problem. The Lord's people had been disobedient off and on for years, but when they repented, he'd forgive them. And he would say to them, don't look back. Don't look back. Once you confess it and once you repent of it, don't wallow in it. No, don't go back there all the time. Stop it. Verse 18, don't call to mind the former things. Don't ponder things of the past. He was about to lead them out of bondage. He said, don't think about all that stuff. Don't meditate on all that stuff. You said, well, I can't help what I think about. It. I understand what you're saying. You can't help the thought when it first comes into your mind. No, you can't. I get it. But you can do something about it when it comes there. When a troublesome thought comes into your mind, You take it captive to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, not today. I'm not dwelling on that stuff today. And I want to tell you when it hits me a lot of times, early in the morning. Early in the morning when I'm kind of awake and kind of not, you know. You know that time when you can hear yourself snore. You know what I mean? That, that's kind of weird, is it not? But anyway, you know, you, you just kind of, you just, kinda, just barely awake and maybe not. And all of a sudden you have this thought and whoo, and you start, if you'll let it run now, it'll just make you afraid, but you can't do it. You got to take it captive and say, I'm not going there. That's not of God. God didn't give me that spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm not going to live like that. You say, you talk to yourself. No, I didn't say I was talking to myself. I was just talking to the Lord any demonic spirit that might be putting that in my mind to myself whoever wants to listen i do it real quiet so i don't wake donna up i do it all the time do it throughout the day he said why do you do that because i want victory that's why i don't want to walk around not knowing where to go he said i don't call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past they had bad things in their past. Idolatry, which led to immorality. The Jews, man, they were always in a mess. He said, don't call to mind all that stuff. You've forsaken that. You've repented of that. Forget your sinful past. It's time to have hope for your future. Look at verse 19. Behold, I'll do something new. How many of you want God to do something new in your life? Anybody? Sure. I mean, why why do we look back? Jesus said if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. You know why? You're not. You can't plow doing this. Try to mow a yard looking back. You'll be all over the place. And you'll, the mower will go off and you're going to have a bad time. I like my lines to be straight, don't you? So just mow the yard, but keep your eyes forward. Live for Jesus, but go forward. You can't undo the past. You can't go back and live in all that stuff. You can't do it. You can't do it. Don't call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I'll do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I'll even make a roadway in the wilderness. Rivers in the desert. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're in a wilderness, God knows how to get through a wilderness. If you're in a desert, God knows how to get through a desert. If you're in a tough time, God can get you out. If you're enslaved to sin, God can set you free. If you are in a tight situation, God can handle it. He can handle it. But you got to go to him in prayer and say, God, I need your help. I watched a documentary with Donna this week called The Jesus Music. And it was about a genre of music that initiated in the Jesus movement in Southern California where we just were for the Southern Baptist Convention in Anaheim. And I went out to Costa Mesa and went to the beaches out there and just walked around on that area where many, many tens of thousands of people would gather in the Jesus movement to worship the Lord. And uh, I remember in the late 1960s hearing about the Jesus movement and Jesus music It's where Christian contemporary music came from, Maranatha music, other things like that. Hippies were getting saved, and they didn't know where to go to church because a lot of the established churches wouldn't let them come in. But there was a church called Calvary Chapel, and there was a man named Chuck Smith who was the pastor, and he let them in. And they came in barefooted, uh, long hair, beads, all this stuff, and they came in. They'd gotten saved, and he would take them out to the pacific ocean and he would baptize them there at pirates cove in corona del mar california that's him baptizing folks out there in that beach that's some of the coldest water in the world that's why they're coming up quick amen i'm telling you (laughs) and they had all this music they were writing they did the the kids didn't know the hymns and all of that They, they started writing their own music and one of the songs that was written in the middle of all that came straight from the text that I just read to you. God will make a way. It was written by Don Moen. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide, hold me closely to his side with love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. He will make a way by a roadway in the wilderness. He'll lead me. Rivers in the desert will I see. Heaven and earth will fade, but his word will still remain, and he will do something new today. Oh, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. He will hold me closely to his side with love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. He will make a way. Where did he get that, Isaiah? Isaiah? 43 Isaiah 43. Do you ever feel like you're lost in the wilderness? Do you ever feel like you're stepping across a dry desert? You stare at the future and you say, "What am I going to do?" I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to trust Jesus Christ for the rest of your life. You're going to start trusting in the Lord. And you're going to pray this back to the Lord. Lord, I will not call to mind the former things. I'm not going to look back, dear God. I will not ponder things of the past. I will not go over that, over that, over that, over that. No, Lord. Behold, I believe you, Lord. I will, you will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will I not be aware of it, Lord? You will make even a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let me give you a few other verses to pray if you want to write these down. These are some of my go-tos, all right? Psalm 25. Verses 4 and 5. Lord, make me know your ways. O oh Lord, teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I will wait all the day long. Psalm 32, verse 8. God says, "I will." Lord, I pray that you will instruct me. This is how I pray it. Instruct me and teach me in the way that I should go. Counsel me, guide me with your eye upon me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Lord, I will trust in you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will not lean on my own understanding. In all of my ways, I will acknowledge you. That means pray about everything. In all of my ways, acknowledge you, Lord. That's what I'm going to do. And you will make my path straight. God can make a straight road out of a crooked road. I heard these people say, God can't hit a straight lick with a crooked stick. All God has is crooked sticks. If you don't think you're crooked, you're more crooked than you realize, all right? We're all messed up. We need a Savior who can straighten us out and make our path straight. Isaiah 30, 21. This, boy, this, boy, this, I keep, how many times I say this is one of my favorites, all right? One of my favorites. I pray this all the time. Lord, he says, your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it whenever you turn the right or the left. Here's how I pray it. Lord, I pray that I will hear your voice behind me saying, Steve, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way. Whether you turn to the right or the left, walk in it. And Jesus, John 16, 13 said, but when he, the Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he'll speak and he'll disclose it to you what is to come. Life can be complicated, it can be tough, but aren't you glad that you don't have to depend on your phone to get you every place you're going to go in life? Amen? Amen. Amen. You can depend on Jesus, all right? Aren't you glad God will lead us and pilot us? Amen? Okay, number three, God will protect you, he will pilot you. And then, number three, he will pardon you. Look at verse 25. And by the way, how many of you want God to forgive your sins? It's one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Latch on to it, grab hold of it, live in it. Live in it. I, even I, am the one. who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake and I will not remember your sins Lord I'm sorry for what I did what are you talking about I forgave that and I forgot about that, boy. So why am I remembering it, the devil? That's not conviction from God. When you've repented and you think about it again, that's condemnation from the devil. That's not conviction from God. Can you imagine? How many of you know my son Grant? How many of you ever heard him preach? Or anybody, yeah, he'll be here some. This summer, we're already in summer. Next month, he's a big boy. I mean, he's stacked. He lifts weights. He's big. (laughs) Can you imagine me going to him? He's 39 years old. Boy, you remember what you did when you were 13? Bend over, I'm going to wear you out. (laughs) Number one... I'm not stupid, all right? I'm not going to even try to touch him. But The deal is, we dealt with that a long time ago. And what if he came to me and said, Dad, I, I just can't get over what I did when I was 13 or whatever it was, you know? I ate that watermelon you told me not to eat or whatever it was. Oh, i just so bad, Lord. Oh, Dad, please forgive me. I said, what are you talking about? That's past. That's gone. Now, if I being evil know how to give good gifts to my children, how much more will our Father give it to you? We've got to get our minds right to get our lives right. And we've got to live in the Word of God. We've got to. We've got to. Whenever the devil... Starts accusing you and condemning you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Anybody out there? Putting you down. So that's not of God. My father doesn't do that. He loves me. He's with me. Holy Ghost is in me. That's not conviction. I know condemnation when I hear it. My God said, I, even I am the one who wipes out your transgressions. I erase it. I had the coolest thing up here. I wish I could could have this more often to preach with. It was called a, a, what was it called? Digital Digital whiteboard. All right, yeah. That's what I knew it was called. I just wanted to make sure you knew what it was. All right. so And man, you could just draw, and if you messed up, you just erase it. It was gone. Look at me. If you have confessed your sins to the Lord, and you have repented. And you said, Lord, I please forgive me. He takes his big old eraser and washes it away. It's gone. Praise God, it's gone. It's gone. I will wipe out your transgressions, not for your sake. Put it on the screen. Not for your sake. I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgression. Say it with me. For my own sake. Hallelujah. Can you imagine Billy Graham coming to your house? Wanting to have supper with you? That's where Johnny Cash found himself one night. Billy Graham contacted Johnny Cash and said, I'd like to come to your house to eat. Johnny Cash had struggled with drugs, divorce, other things like that. But he grew up in a Baptist church in Arkansas, not far from here. And Billy Graham said, "Uh, Johnny I'm going to be preaching a crusade at UT Knoxville. And he said, I want you to come. And I want you to sing some of the songs I've heard you sing, those Christian songs. Johnny Cash couldn't believe that Billy Graham asked him to come and do that. And he started singing, and he sang it dozens. Of Billy Graham crusades you know why Johnny Cash was popular at that time with the young people and Billy Graham said our music is antiquated and we're not reaching young people and I need you to give a testimony about how God pulled you out of the miry clay and I want you to help me reach young people and Johnny Cash said okay we're in I'll do it and one of the songs he would sing was this well there was a time on earth when in the books of heaven an old account was standing for sins yet unforgiven my name was at the top there were many things below but i went up to the keeper and settled it long ago the old account was large and growing every day i was still always sinning and i never tried to pray but when i looked ahead and saw such pain and woe I knew I needed to get it settled, so I settled it long ago. Now, sinner, seek the Lord. Repent of all your sins, because this he has commanded if you're ever going to make it in. And then, if you should live 100 years below, you'll know you got it settled, because you settled it long ago. Long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago. And my record's clear today, for he washed my sins away. Yes, the old account is settled and was settled long ago.